0: from years of anxiety to warrior and mentor bradley robinson created the anxiety project to help you end your anxiety naturally let's mold the new you and let's end anxiety together hello and welcome to the anxiety project podcast this episode is number 108 i am brad robinson This episode is going to be all about minimalizing. It's a huge chunk of the anxiety recovery journey because um, everything, if there's too much going on, then it's hard to uh, pick out really what's relevant and what's not relevant, right? And so before I get into that, I just want to go over some of your guys' reviews of uh, the podcast. And the first one is from Patrick underscore 86 love the episode where you talk about the negative thoughts of someone you love getting ill yep that was the last episode number 107 struggling with anxiety the podcast gave me a sense of relief like i don't have to react to every negative thought that comes to my mind Uh, very true uh, Patrick yep a very powerful episode because it's those negative thoughts that that we react to but then it's also that reaction to that thought attaches meaning and then that meaning and then then that thought sticks around because your unconscious is like well this is important to you well let's keep it let's keep it around so thank you Patrick for your uh, review Uh, wizard girl underscore she says, or she asks, actually, uh, can you do more podcasts on panic episodes and how to deal with them? And so I've done a lot of uh, podcasts in the past about different experiences I've had, uh, like at the art gallery with Maggie, going to the art gallery and then having a panic attack and then what happened and then me analyzing that situation from the perspective that I have now. And so... um Thank you, uh, Wizard Girl. Um, yes, uh, I'd love to do more of those. And I want to revisit old uh, panic episodes I've had in the past and then analyze them from the perspective that I have now and how and what to do when you are faced with a, a situation like that, right? So, uh, yes, definitely. Uh, Stacy, uh, she says, um, Love how you opened up about your struggles with pornography uh, really insightful uh, that was a a, a a deep episode for me because um i don't talk about i talk about it a lot on my e, youtube channel in in those videos there but uh, in this one i really wanted to dive deep into uh the addiction that was uh, pornography so um A lot of people really found that to be insightful. And I'm an open book on this podcast. I'm an open book. I'm going to say what I've been dealing with, what I struggled with in the past, all of my insecurities and my faults because they live inside everybody, right? And so that's, uh, I'm glad that you guys find this information to be powerful, to be really insightful. And I want to speak the truth. Right? This is all about overcoming our struggles, especially with anxiety, but anxiety comes with a lot of other struggles, with addictions that lead to anxiety, Right, um, a lot of poor beliefs, bad values, the people we hang around, a lot of different factors. So in this podcast episode, I really want to talk about minimalizing and how minimalism is really important because... Like I said before, there's too much information. How do we, how to, like all that information to an anxiety sufferer coming in through our, our five senses, um, to an anxiety sufferer, everything is so overwhelming because they're already sensitive, right? And so at the beginning of my anxiety recovery journey, I was minim- I started to minimalize without me knowing that it was minimalization. So what happened was, I took on responsibility for my anxiety disorder. So when I took responsibility for my anxiety, that became my focal point, right? It became top value. This is what's important to me. I I don't want to live like this anymore. I'm living in pain. I'm suffering every day. I'm living inside this small little box. Things need to change. And so when I started to learn and grow from anxiety, I felt different. Like I felt like there's more meaning in my life. My focus was just on recovery. I put everything else on the back burner. Like I've said before, you have to become selfish, especially if you want to overcome a challenge like this. You have to become self-centered because you can't help your spouse, your partner, your friends, other people without helping yourself, right? You can't say things like it's okay and you can't really give advice to other people and if you're suffering if you if you have all of these faults if you're doing stupid things every day so my focus was recovery that was it I, so I put Maggie uh my girlfriend at the time she's now my fiance <laughs> so my girlfriend you know at the time I put her on the the back burner um I put my family, you know, on the back burner. I I just became self centered. Okay, I gotta figure this out, and so that's minimalizing in a sense. I, I was just focused on this one thing, and everything else became just this irrelevant, um, unimportant uh, thing, right? And minimalizing those people around you, especially negative friends is really going to benefit you, right? Uh, the negative content you subject yourself to like nonsense, YouTube videos, or you're just binging Netflix, watching the news all the time, all of this stuff, even listening to, uh, Uh, commercial radio, right? All the advertisements and being subjected to that information, negative content. It's time to be your own individual uh, being, right? Instead of dependent and instead of a puppet to society and to other people, instead of being so dependent, it's time to develop yourself into this individual person. And so I became more conscious of consumerism and the reduction of that led me to form my own beliefs as I became more knowledgeable about anxiety and about myself. So I was so reactive to everything on the radio, the news, um, even, you know, advertisements that sell products. I was like a slave to my impulses. Right, so I used to, I used to believe everything I heard. Right, I, and I was a very dependent guy, um, but also uh, I took people's advice to heart. Right, that was because I had a very dependent personality. I, I, I didn't trust in myself, so I took every every word of advice to heart like i believed them right and and i didn't have my own solid foundation to to question other people i was just like a a slave and i was very um i was very i I wasn't knowledgeable about um a lot of things i was just in my small little compartment of this box right but i was a consumer I was a consumer where I wanted the next thing, and, <clears throat> excuse me, and I, I, I never f- felt f- fulfilled, right? I, that, that I needed the next thing. And human beings are searchers. We're searching creatures, right? And so you you can feel it, that searching, that longing, when you're working at a job you don't like and it's the same job day in and day out and it's the same routine but then you feel this um uh, like um you feel inside yourself this yearning that there that there's something more that you know this isn't enough and so then that leads to that consumerism you're buying the next Xbox and then you're buying um the computers and the next vehicle, the next phone, the, uh, the next piece of clothing that you hear, because that thing is going to make you happy, but then you get it. And then it doesn't make you happy. And then you get the next thing and you're just grabbing onto these things because we're searching creatures, but we're not directing that energy in the appropriate way. We're directing it towards that consumerism and being a slave to, um, the the consumer, the materialism, right? And so that leads you down a bad path and it led me down a bad path because I was always trying to cope with the voids within myself, you know, all, uh, smoking weed or uh, eating junk food or buying the next jacket because I saw some guy in a movie wearing a cool jacket. I wanted to be like that guy. So I, I'd buy the jacket and then I'd wear that, but then I'd see something different And then I would go buy that thing. And so I was always uh, spending my money uh, in the the wrong places. So I was a slave to those uh, internal drives. And when we buy those things, we get that dopamine kick from those things. And that leads us back because our brains are like, oh, that feel good moment when I got that thing is nice. So let's do it again. And so we're, we're more, we're tilted towards that, uh, materialistic item again. And so, um, going through my anxiety recovery, I, I, um, I, you know, I I would shut off the radio because of the advertisements. I started to, uh, lessen my TV time. I started to, uh, just sit around and just read and, and get myself knowledgeable about anxiety. And um, I would reduce these areas of, of our society that uh, manipulate us, right? And it manipulated me. And so I just wanted to block all that out because I was so focused on getting better. And so, no social media or little to none social media it really helped me. And even spending uh, less time with Maggie helped me too because I was, I was, Like, I was a studying freak, right? I was studying everything about anxiety and what to do and looking up to the role models that I admire who've overcome anxiety. And so I was modeling after them and I wanted to subject myself to them all the time. So I just put, you know, those negative friends, I put Maggie, I put my family all on the back burner. And so that was a, excuse me, that was a, um, uh, that was minimalizing, right? Essentially, and so when I set that aim, that aim of overcoming anxiety, I put that aim. So overcoming anxiety, I put that at the top of my hierarchy, and so like I said before, I that became just the the center, uh, the, the center focus. Right? You have to really want to change because I was in a deep hole when i decided to uh, overcome anxiety and so that just that drive of change is possible that if i if i just stay on this path change is inevitable i was all on board you know i didn't know what i was doing but i knew that if i kept my role models uh around and i learned from them on youtube on podcasts and i just i just Submerged myself in that knowledge. I knew that I would recover eventually, because that's how you recover: is just subjecting yourself, just being all in, right? So you can start out small uh, with minimalizing, just by cleaning your bedroom, because the the bedroom is in the state of your bedroom is a direct, ref, uh, direct. Um, I would say uh, it's a direct reflection of your own mind, and so if your room is messy, you're gonna have a messy mind. I've seen people with messy homes and they're anxious people, right? And it's like, well, if you just cleaned up your house, maybe you know the clutter in your mind would clear up too, and that that's actually true because. When we enter a messy room, the stress response becomes active. We feel the negative emotion. So you may, you may ask, why do we feel uh, that negative emotion when we enter a room that's cluttered? It's because that clutter represents obstacles. So if you're driving along and you have an appointment to get to, and then there's a traffic jam, that, uh, that traffic jam is an obstacle. It's gonna give you the negative emotion, and so that 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 traffic jam is that obstacle to getting to your appointment. And so you're gonna feel stressed, you're gonna get angry, and you're gonna beat yourself up. And so entering a cluttered room, you get that's the same circuitry, that's the stress response. That negative emotion comes from the clutter's an obstacle. You know, I can't find something that the, I, the all of this clutter is an obstacle you know there could be stuff on the floor that's uh in the way of your bed and you're trying to get to bed that stuff on the floor is an obstacle so you when you look at it you get the negative emotion so when you begin to declutter what happens is it that that those negative responses those negative emotions lessen and eventually when your room is nice and clean There won't be any negative. It'd be inviting because a nice room is inviting. You go into a nice, uh, minimalized room. There's a couple plants, books on the shelf. Everything's tidy. It's like, oh, you know, everything is in its right place. There's no need to activate any negative emotion. Everything is just nice. Everything is, it's easy to find, but it's also inviting. That come into the room, it's relaxing it's, you know, it, it's a place to, to wind down, right? So decluttering your room is a great beginning point for minimalizing. And you're going to find that once you begin to declutter your anxiety, uh, when you're in the room, right. Or, or your mind clears up and you also get that dopamine reward that, Oh, I did something today. You know, I, you know, out of everything today, at least I did that thing. At least I cleaned my room so you can feel good about yourself when you do that, right? So minimalizing can also apply to the, the messy mind through uh, journaling, right? So before, when I started this whole anxiety recovery journey, I was working in the film industry And I was always anxious about the next day. I always had these what-if thoughts about showing up to work late. What if I don't do a good job? What if I can't find the place? All of these things made me anxious the night before. And that's why I would avoid work a lot of the time. So when I was really taking my job seriously in my anxiety recovery, what I would do is I would write down... what i needed to do the next day okay wake up at this time okay you know eat breakfast at this time leave the house by this time possibly arrive at the location at this time and so i was organizing my day and so when i organized my day i found that uh, i was less anxious that my mind didn't need to hold on to my, my mind didn't need to hold on to all of those what-if thinking, what-if thoughts, that it was all on paper, everything is there, I don't need to hold on to the thoughts anymore, uh, because it's on paper, I put it beside my bed, and I can go to sleep, and I actually sleep better when I do this, because my mind's not trying to figure out things, right, it's on paper, it's there. It's cemented. I don't need to worry about it. I don't need to hold on to these thoughts. My mind can clear up. So that's minimalizing the thoughts in my mind. So that's a great uh, strategy for, for dealing with uh, a cluttered mind, but also um, adding minimalism into your life. So in this podcast, we talked about um, uh, decluttering the bedroom and how uh, the bedroom is a direct reflection of the mind, right? Also, organizing your thoughts and and reducing the amount of uh, of thoughts um, and and putting them onto paper allows you to organize them. But also, it's a releasing strategy. Also, about consumerism, materialism, how you know how we are a slave to that right we are a slave and i was a slave that's why i can talk about this so easily because i was a consumer i was very materialistic and i found that when i began to get rid of things from my bedroom i felt lighter the the clutter was lightening and then my mind the things in my mind the clutter in my mind began to lighten too so the organization of the room also helped me with the organization of my own self and my thoughts. And that's where I'm going to leave you on today's podcast episode. Thank you for being here with me today. And uh, the reviews at the beginning of this podcast were sent in uh, via social media, anywhere from Instagram, follow me on Instagram at Brad's Profile, um, Facebook, The Anxiety Project on Facebook, uh, YouTube, And um, you can go to my website at unpluganxiety.com, where you can send me any questions, anything you want. And I'm doing—I always do Q and A podcast episodes. So send me your questions, and I will answer them on the podcast. And lastly, can't forget: do not let anxiety define who you are. I will see you on the next podcast episode. Bye for now. Brad's powerful anxiety recovery program is available at unpluganxiety.com. The anxiety project program is downloadable and with the power of anxiety.